Section 4 of Reincarnation A Study in Human Evolution by Theophile Pascal This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reincarnation and Science, Part 1 The secret of the universe lies in observation. It is for man to develop his senses and patiently to search into the hidden things of nature. All science proceeds thus, and the reason that savants have not unearthed the precious object for which they seek with such wonderful perseverance is that the physical senses, even when aided by the most delicate instruments, are able to cognize only a portion of the physical universe, the denser portion. This is proved by the fact that when man has succeeded in directing into a channel some subtle force, he remains as ignorant of its essence as he was before, chaining it down, so to speak, he has not the slightest knowledge of it. He can utilize, but he cannot dominate it, for he has not discovered its source. This source is not in the physical world, but on the finer planes of being, which will remain unknown to us, so long as our senses are incapable of responding to their vibrations. Because physical observation reveals only the bark, the outer crust of the cosmos, man sees nothing but the surface of the world, and remains in ignorance of the heart and vital plexus that give it life. Consequently, he calls the disintegration following upon disincarnation by the senseless name of death. He who has lifted the veil of Isis sees divine life everywhere, the life that animates forms, builds them up, uses them, and finally breaks them to pieces when they have ceased to be of use. And this life, God, thus spread about in numberless forms, by means of its many rays, develops in itself centers, souls, which gradually grow and awaken their infinite potentialities in the course of these successive incarnations. Still, though the eye of the God-man alone can penetrate this wonderful mechanism and study it in all its astonishing details, the savant whose mind is unprejudiced can judge of the concealed mechanisms by examining its outer manifestations, and it is on this ground we now place ourselves with the object of setting forth another series of proofs of reincarnation. THE EVOLUTIONARY SERIES If we look attentively at the totality of beings, we perceive a progressive series of forms expressing a parallel series of qualities and states of consciousness. The portion of this scale we are able to compass extends from the amorphous state, which represents the minimum of consciousness, up to those organic complexities which have allowed of a terrestrial expression being given to the soul of the saviors of the world. In this glorious hierarchy, each step forms so delicate a transmission between the one preceding and the one following that on the borders of the different kingdoms, it becomes impossible to trace a line of demarcation between different beings. Thus, one does not know whether such or such a family should be classed among minerals, or vegetables, or animals. It is this that science has called the evolutionary series. The Cyclic Process of Evolution Another fact strikes the observer. The Cyclic March of Evolution After action comes reaction. After activity, rest. After winter, summer. After day, night. After inspiration, 
the breath of life during which universal movement works in a molecular aggregate and there condenses in the form of vitality expiration the breath of death which causes the individualized life to flow back into the ocean of cosmic energy after the systole which drives the blood into every part of the body becomes the distole which breathes back the vital liquid into the central reservoir after the waking state comes sleep life here and life hereafter the leaves sprout and fall away periodically with the rising and descending of the sap annual plants die at the end of the season persisting in germinal state within a bulb a rhizome or a root before coming again to the light in metamorphosis we find that the germ the egg becomes a larva a worm and then dies as a chrysalis to be reborn as a butterfly ideas also have their successive cycles of glory and decadence is not the present theosophical movement the renaissance of the neoplatonic movement which brought the light to greece and egypt fifteen hundred years ago in eighteen seventy five h p blavatsky restored it to life whilst its previous birth took place in the time of ammonius Saccas the theosophist in the schools of alexandria those who have acquired the power to read the cosmic records will easily recognize amongst the present pioneers of theosophy many a champion who in a former age struggled and fought in the same sublime cause races are born and grow up die and are born again pass through a state of childhood of youth of maturity and of old age they flourish in all their splendor when the vital movement which animates them is at its height when it leaves them and passes to other portions of the globe they gradually fall into old age then the more developed egos those incarnated in these races during their maturity come down into the advancing nations living on the continents animated by the life wave whilst the less evolved go to form the so-called degenerate races vegetating in obscure parts of the world look now at the adolescence of russia the youth of america the old age of france and the decrepitude of turkey look backwards at the glorious egypt of bygone ages nothing remains but deserts of sand on which the imperishable structures still testify to the greatness of her past the race that witnessed the majesty of the hierophants and the divine dynasties is now inhabiting other lands continents submit to the same law history and science show how they pass through a series of immersions and immersions after lemuria which bore the third race came atlantis the mother of the fourth europe and america now hold the various branches of the fifth and later on when this old land of ours is again sunk beneath the waters new lands will have emerged from the ocean depths to bear the future race the sixth the very planets too come under this law issuing as nebulae from the great womb of the universe at the beginning of the evolution of a solar system they are absorbed back again when the hour of their dissolution strikes finally the very universes go forth from the breast of brahma when he outbreathes and return to him when he inbreathes again everything then in appearance is born and dies in reality each thing springs from its germ makes an effort 
the effort of the divine will incarnated in this germ develops its potentialities up to a certain step in the ladder of evolution then garners the acquired qualities and again returns to activity in continuous cycles of life until its development is reached progress the observer of nature makes a third discovery every fresh cycle of life is characterized by an advance on the preceding cycle every stage brings the end nearer this represents progress and it is seen everywhere when it does not appear it is because our limited vision cannot pierce its veil minerals slowly develop in the bowels of the earth and miners well know that the ore is more or less ripe and that certain portions now in a transition stage will in a certain number of centuries have become pure gold experiments have proved that metals are liable to fatigue from excessive tension and that after a rest they acquire greater power of resistance than before magnets are fed i e they increase their power of attraction by exercise cultivation improves and sometimes altogether transforms certain species of vegetables the rapid mental development of domestic animals by contact with man is a striking instance of the heights to which progress may attain when it is aided whilst the influence of teaching and education on the development of individuals as well as of races is even more striking the goal of evolution the formation of centers of consciousness that become egos through innumerable wanderings this general progress traces a clear unwavering line those capable of following evolution on the planes of finer matter at once perceive as it were widespreading centers forming in the sea of divine essence which is projected by the logos into the universe as the ages pass these centers are subdivided into more restricted centers into clearer and clearer blocks in which consciousness that is the facility of receiving vibrations from without is gradually developed and when this consciousness within them reaches its limit they begin to differentiate from their surroundings to feel the idea of i spring up within them from that time there is added to the power of receiving vibrations consciously that of generating them voluntarily no longer are they passive centers but rather beings that have become capable of receiving and giving freely individualities recognizing and affirming themselves more day by day eyes who henceforth regard themselves as separated from the rest of the universe this stage is that of the heresy of separateness regarding this heresy however one may well say felix culpa fortunate error indeed for it is the condition sine qua non of future divinity of salvation it is self-consciousness man is born man the center of evolution set midway between the divine fragment which is beginning and that which is ending its unfoldment at the turning point of the arc which leads to the most elementary of the various kingdoms of nature to the most divine of hierarchies this stage is a terrible one because it is that which represents egoism i e combat the cause of every evil that afflicts the world but it is a necessary evil for there can be no individual wisdom power and immortality without the formation of an i 
this ego is nothing but the first shoot or bud of the individual soul it is only one of its first faculties the finest show themselves subsequently this bud is to blossom into a sweet-smelling flower love and compassion devotion and self-sacrifice will come into manifestation and the center of consciousness after passing through the primitive stages often called the elemental kingdoms after being sheathed in mineral vegetable and animal forms after having thought reasoned and willed in human forms and looked upon itself as separated from its fellow creatures comes finally to understand that it is only a breath of the spirit momentarily clad in a frail garment of matter recognizes its oneness with all and everything passes into the angelic state is born as christ and so ends as a finished perfected soul a world savior such is the goal of life the wherefore of the universes the explanation of these startling evolutions of souls in the various worlds the solution of the problem regarding the diversity in the development of beings the justification of providence before the blasphemy of the inequality of conditions a few deductions the germ from the facts established in the course of this comprehensive view of the universe we are enabled to draw important deductions for instance as the basis of every cycle of life is found the egg or germ that strange microcosm which appears to contain within itself the entire organism from which it proceeds and which seems capable of manifesting it in its entirety the first embryologic discovery we make as the result of this study a discovery of the utmost importance is that germs are one in essence and are all endowed with the same possibilities and potentialities the only difference that can be found in them is that the more evolved have acquired the power of developing in the same cycle a greater number of links so to speak in the chain of forms that proceeds from the atom to the sheath or envelope of the god's men thus the highest germ which the microscope enables us to follow the human ovule is a first kind of mineral represented by the nucleus the point unity of its germinal cell then it takes the vegetable form a radical crowned by two cotyledons duality afterwards it becomes a fish multiplicity which is successively transformed into a batrachian then a bird afterwards assuming more and more complex animal forms until about the third month of fetal life it appears in the human form the process of transformation is more rapid when nature has repeated it a certain number of times it then represents a more extensive portion of the ladder of evolution but be it noted the process is the same for all and for all the ladder is composed of the same number of steps beings start from the same point follow the same path and halt at the same stages nothing but their age causes their inequalities they are more than brothers they are all representatives of the one that which is at the root of the universe divinity supreme being we also see that progress the result of the conservation of qualities offers us repeated instances of these stages in the reappearance at each step of the ladder 
of the forms preceding it in the natural series. In the course of its evolution, the germ of an animal passes through the mineral and vegetable forms. If the animal is a bird, its final embryological form will be preceded by the animal forms, which, in the evolutionary series, make their appearance before the avian type. If we are dealing with a mammifer, the animal will be the summit of all the lower types. When it is the human germ that we are following in its development, we see that it also has contained within itself and is excessively reproducing the potentialities of the whole preceding series. The microscope is able to show only clearly marked stages and the most characteristic types, for evolution runs through its initial stages with a rapidity defying the closest physical observation. If only nature would slacken her pace in order to humor our incapacity, we should see an even more striking fashion that she preserves everything she has attained and develops the power of reconstruction with ever-increasing rapidity and perfection. True, each cycle of incarnation realizes only an infinitesimal fraction of the total progress made, each being advances only one step at a time along this interminable series. But then, are not these minor cycles in the course of which brings growth and advancement towards the final goal, the invisible, material expression, the tangible and indisputable proof of the strict, the inexorable law of rebirths? WHAT THE GERM CONTAINS Now let us examine a little more carefully this process of physical germination and attempt to discover an important secret from it. Let us see whether the material germ contains the whole being, or whether, as the ancient wisdom teaches, the vehicles of the divine spark in evolution are as numerous as the germs which respectively affect their development and preservation. Although here, too, the doctrine of the Christian churches is inadequate, we cannot altogether pass it by in silence. We will, therefore, state it recommending the reader to compare it with the theory of science and the teachings of theosophy. The churches deny evolution. They say, one single body, one single state of development for each human being. For the lower kingdoms a state of nothingness before birth and after death. Whatever may have been the fate of these beings during the short life imposed upon them, for man a single body for which god creates a single soul and to which he gives a single incarnation on a single planet the earth it is our ardent wish that the signs of the growing acceptance of the idea of evolution now manifesting themselves in christian teaching may increase and that the church whatever be the influence that induces her to take the step will in the end loyally hold out her hand to science instead of remaining hostile the two will then help each other to mount the ladder of truth. And divine light, the light of all sciences, philosophies, and religions, will illumine the dark path they are treading, and guide their steps toward that one truth which is both without and within them. Scientific materialism says, Yes, everything is born again from its germ, thus progress is made, but that is the limit of my concessions. Everything is matter, the soul has no existence. There is evolution of matter, for matter and by matter. When a form is destroyed, its qualities, like its power of rebirth, 
are stored away in a latent condition within the germs it has produced during its period of activity along with the disappearance of matter everything disappears qualities thoughts ego and passes into a latent slate within the germ along with the return of the form qualities and attributes gradually reappear without any hypothetical soul whatever being any concern in the matter so long as the form is in its germ stage the being is nothing more than a mass of potentialities when fully developed its faculties reappear but they remain strictly attached to the form and if the latter changes the faculties echo the change so to speak with the utmost fidelity matter is the parent of intelligence the brain manufactures thought and the heart distills love just as the liver secretes bile which is the language of present-day science this theory accepts the idea of universal injustice in its entirety we shall shortly prove that notwithstanding its apparent logic it explains only one side of evolution and if that matter is the condition sine qua non of the manifestation of spirit it is at least curious that the latter acts so powerfully upon it and is beyond the possibility of a doubt its real master modern theosophy as well as the wisdom of old says in its turn spirit is the all the one being the only being that exists force matter is nothing but the product of the spirit's activity in it we find many and diverse properties density weight temperature volume elasticity cohesion etc because we judge it from our sense perceptions but in reality we know so little that the greatest thinkers have called it a state of consciousness i e an impression produced by it within ourselves it is the result of the will of the supreme spirit which creates differences forms in unfathomable homogeneous unity which is incarnated in them and produces the modifications necessary for the development of its powers in other words for the accomplishment of their evolution as this evolution takes place in the infinite for the infinite can affect its sacrifice i e its incarnation only by limiting itself it is progressive proceeding from the simple to the complex each incarnate divine fragment at first develops the simpler qualities and acquires the higher ones only by degrees these qualities can appear only by means of a vehicle of matter just as the color producing properties of a ray of light only become manifest with the aid of a prism form plays the part of the revealer of the quantities latent in the divine germ the soul the more complex this form becomes the more atomic division it has in a state of activity the greater the number of senses it has awake the greater number of qualities it expresses in this process we see at work three main factors spirit awakening within itself vibrations which assume diverse appearances these three factors are one force matter and form cannot exist without the all-powerful divine will spirit for this is the supreme being who by his will creates force matter by his intelligence gives it a form and animates it with his love force matter is the blind giant 
who in the Sankia philosophy carries on his shoulders the lame man who can see a giant. For it is activity itself, and blind because this activity is directed only by the intelligent will of the spirit. The latter is lame, because when it has not at its disposal an instrument of form matter, it cannot act, cannot appear, it is no longer manifested, having disappeared with the great periodical dissolution of things which the poetical East calls the inbreathing of Brahma. Form, all form, creates a germ which reproduces it. The germ is an aggregate containing, in a very high state of vitalization, all the atomic types that will enter into the tissues of the form it has to build up. These types serve as centers of attraction for the atoms which are to collect around them when, under the influence of the vital fire, creative activity has been roused in the germ. Each atomic type now attracts from the immediate surroundings the atoms that resemble it. The process of segmentation which constitutes germination begins, and the particular tissues represented by the different atomic types are formed. In this way the fibrous, osseous, muscular, nervous, epithelial, and other tissues are reproduced. The creative activity that builds up tissues, if left to itself, could create nothing but formless masses. It must have the help of the intelligence to organize the atoms into molecules, the molecules into tissues, and these again into organs capable of a corporate life as a single organism, supplied with centers of sensation and action. This intelligence cannot proceed from the mind-bodies of the various beings, for the latter manifest their qualities only when they possess a fully developed form, which is not the case with the germs. Moreover, the lower kingdoms show nothing but instinct, and even the most superior animals possess only a rudimentary form of mentality. The most skillful human anatomist knows nothing more than the eye can teach him regarding the forms he dissects, even though, if he were acquainted with their whole structure, he would nonetheless be quite incapable of creating the simplest sense organ. The form is the expression of cosmic intelligence, of God incarnated in the universe, the soul of the world, which, after creating matter, aggregates it into diverse types, to which it assigns a certain duration. The type of the form varies with the stage of development of the being, the soul, incarnated therein, for the instrument must be adapted to the artist's capacity. The latter could not use an instrument either too imperfect or too perfect for his degree of skill. What could the rudimentary musician of a savage tribe do if seated before the complex organ of one of our cathedrals? Whilst, on the other hand, what kind of harmony would a Wagner produce from a shepherd's pipe? The cosmic intelligence would appear to have created a single radical form type, which gradually develops at each step, produces an apparently new form, until its series has reached the finished type of evolution. It stops the evolutionary process of each germ at the requisite point in the scale. In the case of the most rudimentary souls, it allows a single step to be taken, thus supplying an instrument that possesses the requisite simplicity. The process is continued longer for the more advanced souls, but stops just when the form has become a suitable instrument. 
when it does not furnish the fecundated germ with the model which is to serve as a ground plan for atomic deposits segmentation takes place in a formless mass and in this the tissues are shown without organization it is then a mole a false conception it is the same cosmic intelligence that derives a period during which the form shall remain in the state of activity in the world until a soul has learnt the lesson that incarnation in a form must teach it this form is necessary and is given to it again and again until the soul has assimilated the experience that form had to supply when it has nothing more to learn from the form on returning to incarnation it passes into one that is more complex the soul learns only by degrees beginning with the letters of the alphabet of wisdom and gradually passing to more complex matter thus the stages of evolution are innumerable and the transition from one to the other imperceptible modern science states this fact though without explaining it when she says that nature makes no leaps the building up of forms is effected by numerous beings forming an uninterrupted change that descends from the mighty architect god to the humblest tiniest least conscious of the builders god the universal spirit directs evolution and could accomplish every detail of it directly but it is necessary for their own development that the souls whatever stage they have reached should work in the whole of creation and therein play the part whether consciously or unconsciously that they are fitted to play consequently they are employed at every stage and in order to avoid mistakes their activity is guided by more advanced souls themselves the agents of higher cosmic entities right on up to god the sovereign controller of the hierarchies consequently there are no mistakes if indeed there are any real ones at all in nature except those that are compatible with evolution and of which the results are necessary for the instruction of souls but the law is continually correcting them in order to restore the balance such in general outline is the reason for the intervention of beings in the evolutionary process so far as man is concerned the highest of these beings supply the ideal type of form which is to give the soul when reincarnated the best means of expression others take charge of these models and entrust them to entities whose sole mission is to keep them before their mental eyes and guide the thousands of builders who build round them the atoms which are to form the tabernacle of flesh in its minutest details these lilliputian builders may be seen at work by the inner eye they are as real as the workmen who construct material edifices in accordance with an architect's plans that everything be faithfully reproduced in form the entity that controls the building must not lose sight of the model for a single moment nor does it do so generally speaking for one may say that this being is as it were the soul of the model being one with it and conscious only of the work it has to perform in many cases however it receives certain impressions before birth from the mother's thoughts an influence capable either of forwarding or hindering its work the ancient greeks were well acquainted with this fact when they assisted nature to create beautiful forms by placing in the mother's room statues of rare plastic perfection and removing from her sight every suggestion of ugliness more than this 
certain intense emotions of the pregnant woman are capable of momentarily effacing the image of the model which the builder has to reproduce and replacing certain of its details with images arising from the mother's imagination if these images are sufficiently vivid the being follows them and if they endure for a certain length of time they are definitely incorporated in the building of the body in this fashion many birthmarks naive materni are produced strawberries or other fruit eagerly desired at times when they cannot be procured have appeared on the child's skin diverse objects that have left a vivid impression on the imagination may have the same effect the clearness and perfection of the impression depend on the intensity and continuance of the mental image the part where it is to appear depends on the sense impressions of the mother coinciding with the desire which forms the image for instance a spot on the body touched rather sharply at the moment this has given rise to the idea that the longing is impressed on that part of the body which the mother is touching during her desire when the image is particularly strong and persistent considerable modifications of the body have been obtained in such cases children are born with animal-like heads and treatises on teratology relate the case of a fetus born with the head detached from the trunk because the mother after witnessing an execution had been horribly impressed by the sight of the separated heads of the victims malbranche in his recherie de la verita tells of a child that was born with broken limbs because his mother had seen the torture of the wheel in this case the image must have been of enormous vibratory power and of considerable persistence a general or even local arrest of development is almost always due to the phenomenon of mental inhibition experienced by the same being it definitely ceases to see the plan evolution stops and the embryo expelled before the time it takes on the form of the evolutionary stage it had reached at that moment if it ceases to deal with a single detail only that detail remains in status quo and is often embedded in portions of the organism quite away from the point where it would have been found had it continued to evolve certain cysts belong to this class the third factor the spirit the soul or to be more exact the incarnated divine ray follows a line of evolution parallel to that of matter which constitutes its form its instrument this parallelism is so complete that it has deceived observers insufficiently acquainted with the wonders of evolution it is thus that scientific materialism has taken root we will endeavor to set forth the mistake that has been made and call to mind the correctness of the vedatan symbol which represents the soul as lame incapable of acting without the giant force matter though the latter without the guidance of the former could not advance along the path of evolution this soul is a no-thing which in reality is everything a ray of the spiritual sun god a divine spark incarnated in the vibration matter produced by the supreme being it is a center capable of all its father's potentialities these potentialities which may be grouped together under three general heads power love and wisdom we may sum up in the one word consciousness it is indeed a center of consciousness in the germinal state 
that is about to blossom forth realizing all its possibilities and becoming a being fully aware of its unity with the being from which it comes and which it will then have become in this development the vibrations of outer matter play the part of the steel which on striking flint causes the life latent within the latter to dart forth each vibration which strikes the soul arouses therein a dormant faculty and when all the vibrations of the universe have touched it this soul will have developed as many faculties as that universe admits of until in the course of successive worlds it becomes increasingly divine in the one divine being in order that all the vibrations of which a universe is capable may reach the soul the latter must surround itself with all the different types of atoms that exist in the world for every vibration is an atomic movement and the nature of the vibration depends on the quality of the atoms in motion now the first part of evolution consists in condensing round vital centers souls atoms aggregated in combinations of a progressively increasing density onto those that make up the physical plane when the soul has thus clothed itself with the elements of all the planes the resulting form is called a microcosm a small cosmos for it contains in reality all the elements contained in the universe during this progressive development the soul which thus effects its fall into matter receives from all the planes through which it passes and from all the forms in which it incarnates varied vibrations which wake within it correspondingly responsive powers and develop a non-centered diffused non-individualized consciousness in the second phase of evolution the forms are limited the vibrations they receive are transmitted by specialized sensorial groups and the soul hitherto endowed with a diffused consciousness begins to feel varieties of vibrations that grow ever more numerous to be distinguished from the surrounding world to separate itself so to speak from everything around in a word to develop consciousness this separation first takes place on the physical plane it is made easier by hard violent contacts and the forms in their turn become more complex varied and specialized in proportion as the soul is the more perfectly individualized when it has developed all the self-conscious responsive powers in the physical body it begins to develop those faculties which have as their organs of transmission the finer bodies and as planes of vibration the invisible worlds in our planetary system the number of the invisible planes is seven each of them in turn supplies the soul with a form thus when evolution which its second phase successfully dematerializes matter i e dissociates the atoms from their combinations beginning with the denser ones has dissolved the physical plane the human soul will utilize as its normal body a finer one which it is at present using as a link between the mental and the physical bodies before this dissolution is effected however human beings will have developed to some extent several finer bodies already existing though hitherto not completely organized the first of these bodies the astral a very inappropriate name though here it is used because it is so well known is a copy more or less of the physical form in its general aspect 
the resemblance and clearness of the features are pronounced in proportion to the intellectual development of the person for thought vibration has great influence over the building up of the centers of force and of sensation in this body the second is an even finer aggregate composed of mental substance and assuming during incarnation the form of a smaller or larger ovoid the causal body surrounding the physical form at its center and plugged in the astral body during incarnation is another kind of ovoid not so large and composed of denser substance the mental body above these states of matter at the present stage there appears no form to the consciousness of human beings though perfect seers can perceive within the causal body still higher grades of matter which will only subsequently become centers of self-consciousness during incarnation the soul in the majority of men is clearly conscious of itself and of its surroundings only when it is functioning through the nervous system the brain when it leaves the denser body during sleep its consciousness is in the astral body and there it thinks but without being conscious of what is taking place around it after disincarnation it generally becomes highly conscious in its astral body where it passes its purgatorial life and this latter endures until the soul leaves the astral body as soon as the latter is thrown off consciousness centers in the mental body this is the period of devachan or heaven when the mental body is put off paradise is at an end and the soul sheathed only in the causal body finds itself on a very lofty plane but here consciousness is vague when we are dealing with a man of average development instead of laying aside this garment as so far it has done with the rest it recommences after the lapse of a certain time another descent into the matter of the lower planes and a new incarnation begins to the center of the causal body are drawn atoms from the inner mental plane these represent a new mental body when this latter has been formed there are attracted to it atoms of the astral plane and these form a new astral body the soul clothed in these two sheaths if one may so express it is brought into consciousness or unconscious relation according to its degree of development with the two corresponding planes lives there generally for a short time and is directed to a mother's womb in which is created the visible body of flesh within the center of its astral body this force of atomic attraction has its center in the causal body a kind of sensitive plate on which are registered all those vibrations which disturb or affect human vehicles during incarnation this body is in effect the present abode of the soul it represents the terminal point of human consciousness the real center of man it receives all the impressions of the plane on which it finds itself as well as those which come to it from the lower planes and responds to them the more readily as it has now attained a fuller development it possesses the power to attract and to repel a microcosm it has its outbreathing and inbreathing as has the macrocosm like brahma it creates its bodies and destroys them although in the vast majority of mankind it exercises this power more or less unconsciously and under the irresistible impulsion of the force of evolution the divine will 
when it attracts it causes to recur within itself the vibrations it has received and registered like a photographic roll during the past incarnations these vibrations reverberate in the outer world and certain of them attract from this world in this case the mental world the atoms capable of responding to them when they have created the mental body other vibrations can be transmitted through this body to the astral world and attract atoms which will form the body bearing the same name the astral and finally other vibrations making use of these two bodies as a means of transmission will affect the physical plane and attract atoms which will assist in the building up of the denser body everywhere the formative power of vibration is guided by cosmic intelligence but it is affected far more easily in the reconstruction of the higher bodies that precedes incarnation properly so-called than in the creation of the now physical body indeed in the astral and mental bodies nothing is produced but an atomic mass the many elements of which will be aggregated into complete organisms only during incarnation properly so-called whilst the construction of the visible body admits of a mass of extremely delicate and important details it is for this reason that we have seen this work of construction entrusted to special beings who prepare control and watch over it unceasingly it is because the causal body registers every vibration the personality has generated or received in the course of its series of incarnations that the vices and virtues are preserved as is the case with the faults or the good qualities of the physical body the man who has created for himself a coarse astral body by feeding the passions and thoughts which specially vivify the coarser matter of his body will on returning to earth find a new astral body composed of the same elements though then in a dormant state he who by the cultivation of lofty intellect has built up a refined mental body will return to incarnation with a like mental body whilst the one who by mediation and the practice of devotion which bring into being the noblest qualities of the heart has set vibrating the purest portions of the causal body and of the divine essence atama buddhi as it is named in sanskrit with which it is filled will return to birth endowed with those qualities which make apostles and saints the saviors of the world in other words matter has more remote boundaries than science recognizes the numberless grades of atoms of which it consists their powers of aggregation the multiplicity and duration of the bodies they form are not even suspected by materialism materialism sees nothing but the part played by matter it denies that intelligence plays any part and will by no means admit in spite of evolution and progress that above man there exists an almost endless chain of higher and higher beings whilst below him are kingdoms of an increasingly restricted range of consciousness by refusing to believe in the multiplicity of the vehicles which the human soul uses it is unable to understand individual survival or to solve the problem of heredity indeed evolution is only partially explained by the physical germ the latter in order to act alone and of itself in the development of the human embryo should possess a degree of intelligence considerably superior to that of man this is the opposite of what we find however 
and we are brought face to face with the absurd fact of a cause vastly inferior to its effect. Indeed, the intelligence shown by the germ is not its own. It is that of the cosmic mind reflected by mighty beings, its willing servants. Besides, this germ contains only the qualities that belong to physical matter, and as we shall show, the moral, mental, and spiritual qualities are preserved by the finer, the causal body, which represents the real man at the present time. End of section 4